Today I'm going to walk you through a conversation that made my life as a business owner, a manager, and a salesman much easier than perhaps any other. Why did it make my life easier? Because we got out in front of a topic that most of us avoid while simultaneously spending countless hours addressing. Stay tuned to see what I mean. Running a service business can be hard. It is not unusual for business owners in industries like contracting, home repair, auto repair, business-to-business services like janitorial, IT and accounting, and many others to feel overwhelmed by all the priorities facing them at any given time. Between addressing the needs of the customers, managing the employees, figuring out the financials, and getting processes in place, feeling like you're making significant progress on your business journey can be difficult. Welcome to Service Industry Success, hosted by Brian Harding. Each week, Brian will look at real-world strategies for building the business you are dreaming of, while also sharing tactics to get through some of the most frustrating parts of business ownership with a lot more ease. Let's get started. As business owners and people, there are topics we just want to avoid. There are things that are true that we wish were not, and we certainly don't want to highlight them. Nobody has wanted to say out loud the last few years that we really need our employees more than they need us. One of those things in a service company where we have highly trained experts as employees is that we can have competing goals. Stay with me and I'll explain what I mean. Our customers pay a lot of money for us to serve them. And a golden rule of capitalism is the one writing the check is generally at the top of the heap when it comes to figuring out whose needs should be prioritized. Also, We could absolutely not build a company without talented employees. And to keep talented employees, we must provide what they want. Often this is a form of wages and income, but there's plenty of other things employees want also, especially employees who are highly skilled. Us business owners, because customers pretty much drive everything, there's no argument that if you don't have customers, like literally nothing else matters. (laughs) So because of this, we tend to believe that the customer's needs should come first. And I support that. I, I get it. I fully agree with that. Employees, though, can believe that because nothing would happen without them either, their needs should be elevated and their needs should come first. And there's times where I agree with that, too. So you've heard me talk before about the three-legged stool. This is kind of where that comes in. Like, yeah, you can have a company with no employees and only customers. So I get the customers come first. But you can't build a company that gives you freedom without employees and employees who are are willing and able to do the right thing when nobody's looking. So you can delegate decision-making to them so you can go to other things. So in my book, that's just as valuable as the customers. So that's where the three-legged stool comes in. If, if the, if the employees aren't happy, the stool falls over. If the customers aren't happy, the stool falls over. I, I, so of course you would give an edge to the customers by just a little bit because they are the ones writing the checks, but it's not a wide margin in my book. And, and, and our employees are people and again, sometimes they want their needs elevated and, and not having clarity on that, on what that relationship should look like between us serving the customer and serving the needs of our employees is one of the things I think causes the most friction between employers and employees because it's never really talked about. And you can have employees who have a belief that their needs should go a little bit higher in the scale and employers who think that their needs should be lower And that friction that's never talked about is really what drives a lot of the misunderstanding and the employees not following processes and procedures and doing the things we need. So there's no question for employees and and even for us who did the trade that we worked in or whatever craft that we're in, 
a lot of us did this, did the work before we became business owners. There's no question. It feels really good to be the smart person who can fix the thing. There's just no getting around that. It feels really good to showcase our certifications and our expertise and pretending like it doesn't or shouldn't doesn't change that fact one bit. It is human nature to elevate our needs over others. This manifests itself in many ways at work. So, for example, you could have the manager who doesn't like conflict, who will leave that unpleasant situation in the department. Just leave it there because they they don't want to risk being the one who's not liked for, for stepping in and resolving the conflict. It'll just work itself out, and I don't have to put myself in that situation where I might be the one who they get mad at because I need to be liked, and I don't like conflict, and I'm just going to put that off on everybody else to figure out. It's not fair. It's not right. As a manager, leader, that's absolutely, in my opinion, an inappropriate thing to do. Happens all the time. It's also, you can see with employees who have very high skills and seem to believe that there are some rules about communication or whatever that just simply don't don't apply them. Those rules aren't meant for me. I have such high skills that I'm such in demand, so in demand that they don't mean me when they talk about that stuff. They're talking about the new guys. They're talking about the guys who don't bring in the revenue I bring in or don't have the skill set that I or the special license or whatever putting their needs above someone else's. There's a salesperson who leaves out the details so they get the uh, sale and leaves the unpleasant task of explaining the details, the fine print to the installer because <laughs> they need the sale. They don't want to risk not getting the sale. They got their bonus to hit or whatever. There's, there's, I mean, it's just in business, there's endless amounts in life. There's endless amounts of examples where we put our needs above others and having wildly different expectations of how to balance addressing the customer's needs and addressing the employee's needs is one of those things that will ultimately lead to a separation of the employee and the company if that divide is wide enough. And the path between where we're at now and that separation is really unpleasant sometimes. And we find ourselves going, what is going on? Why won't this person just do this thing? And this is one of those reasons when we walk around scratching our head or pulling our hair out saying, why don't they get it? This is one of those things that we just never talk about that is a thing. Well, starting several years ago, uh, this is probably 10 years ago, I suppose, maybe more, I don't, maybe less, I don't, probably 10 years ago. We were in a, pos- a position where we couldn't afford to lose employees for any reason. We were, we were a, a young company growing. We were, we were trying to recruit people and, and we just, we couldn't risk losing people. We had to retain everyone we could. And I, I it became clear this was a thing in our industry where, there was just a different perception of what level should be, you know, what that balance between serving the customer and, and recognizing the employee or addressing the employee's needs were. And it just became clear it was a thing. So I started talking about it, or I tried talking about it. And it became an ongoing conversation that provided tremendous clarity in how our team saw their relationship with the customer. And I'll tell you, this is one of those things I just completely stumbled upon out of desperation, like we do with many things. And it provided so much clarity. We were able to learn so much about where our employees got customer service right and where some of them were not quite on track and where they quite didn't, didn't quite get it and where they really knew it. It just, it, it just provided so much clarity, especially on how they viewed how much of the balance should be tilted towards serving the customer and how much of the balance should be tilted towards serving them. Because of, the, because of the massive benefits, I really hope you'll, you'll make time to have this conversation with your teams. So as, most, as with most of these kinds of conversations, having a group who is willing and able to be honest is a must. 
I will just tell you right up front, if you don't have a group who will just tell you the truth and be forthcoming and sincere and honest, this is pretty much a waste of time. I will tell you that I've been fortunate for the bulk of my, you know, the first third of my career, not third, probably first 20% of my career, I did not have this. I did not have people who'd be, well, they were honest with me, but not, not in ways that were constructive. Probably they would, they would, they were not shy about telling me what I was doing wrong, which is fine. I, 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 I earned a lot of that. So it's okay. Um, but the later 80% of my career leading teams of people, I was very fortunate that, that I had developed a rapport with them where they would be honest with me. And that, that is a must for this conversation. And I started talking about these things. Um, well, I started acknowledging all the things we've talked about here so far. Most every company talks about providing great customer service. And as consumers, we expect and many times demand it. I, I don't know a single employee who would be honest who would say that that's not true. Of course, that's true. We are literally in service industries. We are here to serve them. If we don't serve them, somebody else will. If we don't give them a compelling reason to call us instead of Brand X, they will call Brand X. It's kind of that simple. And as consumers, we know we want our needs put first. We've probably uh, all not bought something because we felt we weren't taken care of well enough. We've, we've probably all been in a situation where we just walked out and like, hey, these guys don't get it. They don't get me. They don't care about me, whatever. I, all of us can get that. And this is this is kind of the opening bit into the conversation for me was, do we all recognize this is a thing? As consumers, we have this expectation and our clients are no different. And as service providers, as well-trained experts, and as people, we have needs too. It feels really good to be the smart person who has all the expertise. It feels really good to be competent and capable and be the person they need to call when they're in this desperate situation or this very unpleasant situation or this this, you know, this knowledge that they don't have, and they have to call somebody like me. And I have this, I have this knowledge, I have these abilities to fix this problem that puts them in this very unpleasant situation that they're in. That's a thing too. And pretending like it's not is is a waste of time, I think. Like it just will steer us down the wrong path. And there's a certain degree also of reassurance that potential customers may need to feel to be certain we can solve their problem. So we do need to talk to some a little bit about about our certifications and our expertise and how we have experience solving their problems. And we do have to do some of that in most cases. And we can do that too much and turn people off because those conversations, if, if not framed in a way of how I can help serve you, the customer become about, look at me and how great I am. Look at all these certifications I have. Look at this. I've been doing this for 27 years. Aren't I awesome? <laughs> and the customer doesn't care about that stuff. Customer cares how you can help them. So, yes, it feels good to have all this expertise and to showcase our, our certifications and showcase our capabilities. And we have to have a reasonable, you know, give the customer reasonable assurance that we're the right ones who can solve their problem. And, yes, we can push that too far and turn people off because the conversation become about me instead of how we can best solve their problem. Very different conversations when I'm framing it about I understand your problem and here's how I've solved your problem before. And here's how I can help you because I've solved your problem before versus thank you for calling. I've been doing this 27 years. Here's a list of my certifications. I see this stuff all the time. Like <laughs> those are very different conversations. And I didn't rush into this conversation with my team. This was not a one and done thing. It, it wonderfully evolved over the course of months. And it became a go-to topic that was woven into many other topics like the customer journey. 
we talked about the customer journey. Like, here's what we want the customer. Here's where they start. Here's what here's what they're here's what they're going through when they meet with us. Here's what they're thinking. Here's what they're feeling. Here's what they're doing when they meet with us. And here's what we want them to be thinking, feeling, doing at the end. And how do we balance what we want and what they need and what they want along the way? Here's our primary functions. Here's the things. If we don't get these things right, nothing else matters. These are largely in place to serve the customer. And also, we're people too. We need to be taken care of too. The employees, you all know you need to be taken care of. You all feel that you wouldn't want to work in a place that didn't take care of you. We have risk and, and liability stuff to avoid. We have sales and performance standards. We have all these things happening all at once. And uh, there's there's just there's so much nuance there. And I'll tell you how the whole conversation, or how I started the whole conversation in just a minute. First, did you know that every one of these podcasts plus other bonus videos are available on my Rumble channel? If you prefer video to audio only, that's a great place for you to check out all of those videos. It's easy to find. Just go to rumble.com and type in service industry success in the search bar. You find these videos on YouTube also, but Rumble's where I put the bonus content. Of course, you don't need to, um, don't forget to subscribe once you're there. So you can get notified anytime I, I add these videos. I add these podcasts every week. And then again, I, I there's a whole slew of uh, bonus videos that are much shorter than these. These are, you know, 15, 20 minute episodes. Those are anywhere from 45 seconds to, you know, six, eight minutes. Again, go to rumble.com and type in service industry success in the search bar. All right. So here's how the whole conversation started. I went through that list of stuff we just talked about. Yes, we understand that as customers, we have expectations. Yes, it feels good to be the, the expert. Yes, as employees, we have expectations. And all these things that none of us really want to talk about, but are all true. And then I just asked, how would you describe success as it relates to how we should serve our customer and also get to be recognized as the expert? How should we balance those things? And I stopped talking. And there was an awkward pause. Awkward silence. And then it started slowly and it continued and it built. And next thing you know, we're having a very robust conversation about what it meant to us to serve our customers, what it meant to each individual, like how they how they perceived when they were doing a good job and why it mattered to them that we that they be a good provider of customer service and why they thought it mattered to our customers that we did that kind of stuff. It started a wonderful conversation about that, how we would know we were doing it correctly besides how many sales we got and how many complaints we got and how we wanted to, how they wanted to be recognized and how they recognized sometimes that they had taken it too far and they started talking about themselves and, and not the customer's problem and how that had negative consequences. Maybe they didn't get that sale or maybe they, maybe there was some friction within the customer or whatever. And, and it just opened up a wonderful conversation that allowed us to be honest and be human because again, just because we don't talk about this doesn't mean it's not a thing. It gave them a chance to explain what, what their expectations were and what they thought the company's expectations were and what they thought the customer's expectations were. And it also allowed them to talk about what the boundaries were, what their boundaries were, what the customer's boundaries were, what the company's boundaries were. It was a fantastic conversation where I just got to learn how they saw this stuff. I got to learn where they had it 100% right and where they were really close and where they kind of missed the boat entirely. It was a fantastic way for me to figure out and learn how they how they perceive that balance of, you know, the company needs to take care of me, the customer needs to respect me, and I need to serve the customer and I need to take care of the company. Like, how do they describe that balance? It was wonderful to figure out how they saw that. It was wonderful to have that conversation ongoing 
And it really became helpful when we hired new people because they would tell us right away who was not going to fit. So after it got going, I was just able to sit back and listen to the team and, and discuss the things that I had previously, you know, only hoped that they would understand. I would interject things here and there that I could not possibly have interjected before because there was no context. It would make no sense for me to throw these things in, you know, talking about this balance and things like that if we hadn't had this conversation going. And I didn't have to do anything because they were passionate and engaged because we were talking about them and what they wanted and what they thought their responsibilities were and what their obligations were and experiences they had. And they were talking about, uh, you know, their needs as well as achieving a collective goal and, and being able to showcase their expertise and, and talking about like, listen, we're human. We all have this, but also we got to keep it in check because we do have to serve the customer. We do have to take care of the company, et cetera. And again, later on, it helped us quickly identify people that we hired are absolutely not a fit. People would come back and say, Hey, you know, that conversation we have about like customer service and how we balance serving the customer versus balancing what we, this guy is not going to, that's not going to work. I think one guy came in like the afternoon of the first day with the new hire. Like this, this is not going to work. Sure enough, he was right. But we had context to have that conversation. No way that conversation could have had where that employee could have come in and said, Hey, this new hire is just not going to be a good fit. No way that could have happened if there was no context for it to be to be, uh, be stated and explained in that way. It also helped with our sales because we could tell p- potential customers how employees, how they s- described how we serve them. So it's one thing for me to, as a business owner and a salesperson goes, well, here's how we serve you. It's a whole different thing to say, here's how our employees describe serving you. Not just what I say as a salesman and a business owner. So I'm not going to tell you all the... The wonderful specifics we came up with, there's tons. This is not an exercise to get your team to come up with the same conclusions my team came up with. It really is an exercise to get clarity on the things that there's tremendous amount of disagreement on because these are like unspoken things. And simultaneously, we have tremendous frustration. And this is at the root of it. The root of this is they have a different expectation what that balance is supposed to look like than what we do. And we never talk about it. And then we're just really frustrated. And this is one of the reasons employees quote unquote don't get it is we have a different expectation of how much how much balance should be shifted towards taking care of the customer and they have a different expectation thinking more of it should be shifted towards recognizing them and taking care of them and if we never talk about it we can never address it you know we can never we can never repair what's not working we can never uh, come to agreement on how it should be and instead of having our our quiet little corners that we live in and never really talk about this stuff so I hope this is helpful for you. I hope you do it. I tell you, I, this is one of the greatest conversations we ever had. It just wasn't, it was an ongoing conversation for years. And it was great to, to give them the ability to just be human and express this. Yeah, we do have these needs because we're human. That's, this is how we're wired. Like it or not, this is how we are. And we also got to serve the customers. So what's that look like? It was awesome. So don't forget to go to rumble.com to see some of the bo- uh, short bonus content videos available there. If you haven't had a chance yet, subscribe or follow. So you get this podcast every week. Share this with a friend or colleague who's a business owner of service injury. You have a friend who says, my employees just don't get it. This could be one of the reasons. Share this episode with them. See if uh, see if this doesn't help them out. Also, if you haven't had a chance yet, give us a ring review. Thanks to the folks who have. And hopefully, if you have two minutes, you could do the same. And uh, that's it for this week. And I'll see you all next week. Bye.